Hallå så välkommen till Lisa plus Vina Alexant, en podcast om naturlig vin och människan bak. Är till Lisa Anes. Hi guys and welcome to the show. Today there's another episode waiting for you in English again. Still trying to be a Norwegian podcast about natural wine and failing. However, we are so lucky to have a lot of incredible and exciting winemakers come to Oslo these days. And one of them that we're going to talk to today is Ismail Gonzalo of Microbio Wines. Ismail, he's gained international recognitions for his innovative approach to winemaking, where he's focusing on natural and minimal intervention techniques, and he's working specifically with Verdejo. He's been called the magician of Verdejo. He is a true and amazing rebel in Spanish wine, and he's been going at it since 1998. This is the radio edit of our conversation. If you want to hear the whole thing, you need to hit the link in the show notes to become a subscriber at my ACAST Plus website. Now, on to the show! Okay. Um, Ismail, will you tell me what you had for breakfast this morning? Uh, we just uh, having some tea, chai tea, with not a cow, sacred cow milk, but it's okay. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, are you more of a tea person than a coffee person? More than tea, pee, tea person. Yeah, why not coffee? Mm, it's too acid for me, for mm. my stomach. I prefer keep my stomach healthy. I see what you mean, but then again, coming back to the child waking up at 4 a.m. thing. Uh, I used to drink a lot more tea, but it takes more time. Coffee is more like... Yes, <sighs> I know, it needs time, but uh, we have more time than we think. Yeah, well, I, I will have more time soon, <laughs> in five years, <laughs> ten no, years. No, 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 <laughs> because we don't know when is going to be our last day. We can talk about the future. We need to talk about now. True. Very wise introduction from Ismail Gonzalo. <laughs> All right, let's see. I think we can hit record and we'll just uh, jump in. Uh, welcome to the show. I'm really happy you could be here. Thanks, Lisa. And welcome to Oslo. Been pleasure to stay here. You've been to Oslo before, right? I've been uh, here only one times before. A uh, long time ago. Five years ago. Five, five and a half years ago. And you I've went been. to Brutus. Yes. And this is my husband's restaurant. Ah, ah. ah, okay, now mm. I understand. Okay. How was Brutus? Did you enjoy it? Yes, I keep in my memory this lunch. Mm. Yes, I really yeah. appreciate Uh They're actually going, you'll appreciate this, they are going through some changes now. In three days, it will be the last day of Brutus as yes. we know it, because... They are changing the concept. They have a new chef. Her name is Estrella and she's from Galicia. So they will make a, a Spanish version of Brutus and they're calling the restaurant El Brutus. Ah, it's a pun nice of El Bulli. <laughs> uh, yes. So it will still be Wh- Brutus, but a little where bit exactly? different. From Galicia? I the, the, the chef? I don't but know. But he is based here or he will come from uh, Spain? She. She ah, lives she. here. She lives here. Uh, so she's been the head chef for a while. Because the old head chef is from Iceland, 
which of course made the mm. menu more Scandinavian and so yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. And then he is not the head chef anymore. Uh, so they also felt she has so much interesting food heritage and ma- having her make uh, Icelandic food makes no sense. And also Brutus has been going for a long time, needs a little bit of a change of concept. And uh, so now they will become El Brutus. Okay, I, I will have a good excuse to come again. Exactly. To visit El Brutus El with Brutus. a new chef. Yes. And all the listeners, you know, you can also visit El Brutus. Just saying, it's a good restaurant, I'm sure, in Spain. Okay, um, but we're not here to talk about my husband's restaurant. We're talking about you. Um, you're a fourth generation winemaker. Mm, five. Five. You're the fifth. Five. Fifth generation. Four generations behind yes. you. Wow. Um, how has this formed you or shaped you as a winemaker? Are you looking a lot to the past? how your forefathers were making wine, or are you doing something radically different? No, basically we keep the, the, the same tradition, the same uh, way to produce wines, because we make wine in the same cellar from the 11th century. We make wine with the same vineyards that my grand grandparents work mm. in them, and basically we make the same. Uh, the big difference is that they did it only couple three or four different wines a year and i'm making now like 30 different wines a year single plot single vineyard to make a different single wine mm. that's the idea um did you or did your father say or your grandfather ever flirt with more modern winemaking techniques or has it always been what we can call natural winemaking from the beginning uh, always was was natural uh, wine making from the beginning because uh, never add any chemical in, mm. in the vines or in the wine. My grandparents and my father never add any poisson in the, in the soil or in the wines. Mm. For us, it's the normal wine. It's, it's, it's the real wine when you never add any chemical to produce. We say that uh, we don't need to any any black magic to make wine. We prefer our white magic. Yes. Uh, what about the area where you're making wine? Are you alone there in your approach to winemaking, or is there a lot of people working the way <coughs> you are working? Okay, for, for introduce myself, uh, I'm Ismael Gozalo. I'm from Spain. It's, uh, I'm living in a very small place in Segovia. It's the province. Uh, it's one and a half hour north Madrid. It's in a high place, in a flat place, mm. around... 900 meters high. It's a very dry place. That is for that that we we never say or we we don't consider that we live in South Europe. We prefer to say that we live in North Africa, mm. because a normal uh, year rain like uh, 250 liter square meter is nothing. nothing. But in the past year, in 2022, only we had uh, half 100. 30, 140 liters is nothing. And uh, our vines are very, very old because we work with uh, basically with an, a local grapes called Verdejo. And the, the, the youngest w- vines, and the youngest one that we have, is older than 140 years old. Between that and 277, and um, this year 278 years old, the old one. And I mean that they're very old vines means have very deep roots. 
to feed and to take the water uh, very deep. Mm. And uh, I know that in the past time, uh, I'm sure that the, these vines uh, have uh, some difficult uh, like like this, no? Uh, dry years, mm. cold weather, warm weather, many, many things like that. So they know what to do. They've yeah, been I through it before. Because the old plant has a memory. Mm. And they know how to do in different years. And what is uh, unique with your vineyard in addition, or your vineyards in addition to being so old, is that you're also uh, pre flexera wines. Yes, right. So uh, they're not uh, grafted. Ungrafted. Frampier en français. That's amazing. Right. And quite rare to find uh, these days. Hmm. Um, so you have these super old vines obviously their yield is quite low how much how many bottles do you produce a year now we produce around 50,000 bottles a year mm -hmm. in, in 30 different wines 30 or 31 different mm. wines a year why so many because our cellar is so uh, small and we need to make uh, different wines to try to produce as much as possible that mm. mean uh, for the beginning we look for more acidity more uh, low pH low alcohol that is for that that we start uh, making or producing the bubbles mm. uh, like the ancestral or pet nut wines we bottle in and we keep empty uh, the the steel tank to make some more wines mm. it's for that we can make uh, in a in a week harvest all the our grapes, mm. all our vineyards, and produce all the wines in in a week. It's not possible for us. We need to uh, harvest, bottling, harvest, bottling, and then keep it in a, a steel tank, and and then fill it the barrel, fill it the the pottery, the mm. pottery, or fill it the amphora, fill it the damjan. We make wine in every kind of vessel. Mm. How long is your harvest then? It must be quite long. Yeah, it's a good question because uh, the normal harvest, normal harvest like the people know in our area is a, a week because mm. they, they try to make a, a normal wine harvesting machine. Um, and even they need to correct the, 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 the juice, adding sugar or adding acid. But always I ask them why? you need to correct your juice or your wine. If you add acid, means that it's too soon, uh, sorry, too late to, for harvest. Mm -hmm. Or if you need to add sugar, that means that it's too soon for harvesting. And for us, is uh, at the beginning, that uh, I mentioned before, more acid to produce the bubbles, and then at the end is more Alcohol, more sugar means more alcohol to make uh, the, the, the wines like Solera and mm. the Velo, Velo wines. That's for that our vine, our harvest, harvesting time is no less than six weeks mm. with the same grapes, between six to eight weeks. Mm. It's a lot. Yeah. The same grapes. But looking for completely different um, balance of the grapes, of the juice. Mm. to make completely different wines. Speaking of wine, 
we have some here. Seeing as you mentioned your bubbles, should we try the pet nut? Yes. Um, this wine is quite famous in Norway, actually. The yes. Nieva York. But do you yes. know why the name of the, the, the wine? Because Nieva is the name of my village. Ah. Nieva means snow. It's snowing in the bridge. Mm -hmm. And when you've been in New York, could you see the Manhattan Bridge mm -hmm. on Dumbo Street mm -hmm. in the view? And in the other part of the label, on the top part, could you see the very famous Roman aqueduct ah, from yes. my place? This is a blend, the street and the aqueduct and the street of the Brooklyn Bridge. Ah. Nieva, York. Amazing. I used to live in New York, so this one also has a special place in my heart. I loved this living in New York. the view from Dumber Street. Yeah. The Manhattan Bridge. It is. Amazing. Tell me a little bit about uh, the grapes and the vinification of this wine. And you steal? Uh, yes. Uh, the, the grapes are... Please don't explode. Big, no, no, but be careful. Yeah, it's okay. Uh, Expensive recording nice equipment. Nice sound. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, perfect. Yes. <laughs> this is what expensive microphones will do, yeah? Yes. Dear listener, stop the podcast, go to the Wine Monopoly, buy yourself a bottle of Nieva York, and then you can drink with us. It's more fun that yes. way. Yes. Look now. Cheers. Cheers. Mm. So this is the 2021 vintage. Yes. Wow, even tastes delicious mm. for me. I, I'm sorry, but I'm not uh, good to talk about my wines. I'm not um, the best to talk about my wines. That's okay. Um... Do you want me to talk about your wines? Yes. <laughs> um, Neva York, it's a delicious pet nut. I would say today it's... I'm not sure if I tasted this vintage. I can't remember, to be honest, if I, if I missed this vintage or if I tasted it. Or if I, it was the last one because it's all a mess in my head because of the baby yeah, thing. Yeah, and, and we miss two years. Everybody, we miss two years, no? Yeah. But it, it's definitely tasting a lot fresher than I remember. I've worked with it a lot uh, over the years in the wine bar. I'm getting more lime than I used to before, um, which is lovely. Depends on how was the cycle of the vines. Mm. But the, we try to make uh, every year the same method to produce similar wines. But we, don't, we can change and we don't want to change the nature. Of course. This is the only way. Um, it is a beautiful pet nut. It has quite a lot of uh, bubbles, which I think is really endearing and refreshing, especially now in the summer time. Ismail is also very lucky with the weather here, mm -hmm. seeing as it could still snow in May, but it didn't. And uh, it is the right kind of wine to be drinking on this really summery week that we're having and that will also be hopefully summery and warm by the time this podcast hits the feed in about three weeks oh mm. 
Um, yes, the wines thinking to drink in spring time or summertime. Yes. That's the idea, no? Easy to, to, to open, easy to empty bottle, easy to drink it. And maybe when you start to have lunch, you need to open a second bottle. Mm. Also with 12% alcohol, it's really Has easy. A little bit less, maybe between 11.5, 11.7, mm. something like that. Nice. I'm very much of a low alcohol person myself when it comes to drinking wine, because then I can have more. <laughs> it was just a Norwegian national day. And in Norway, the tradition is to be drinking champagne for breakfast. But it's, you know, if you start with champagne at breakfast, it's just... I prefer to drink like 10%, 9%, glue-glue, something yeah. like this. Like easy. Do you know how we call it this kind of wines? In we, Spain? In Spain? No. We call it Nicachan. Nicachan. Because it's Nicaba ni champan. Nicachan. Ah. Sounds like a Japanese word. Yes, it does. Nicachan, but it's, it's a small play of word. That's it's funny. A joke. Yeah. In Norway, we say ret in nebe, which means <laughs> straight into the beak, like you're a bird and you just go, like small birds, they go, <laughs> which is also funny. And because of this, we have a wine bar in Oslo, which is called becco, which is the Italian word for beak, mm. which means you go there and you, which is also funny. Uh, going back to your winemaking. Um, could you tell me a little bit about your winemaking philosophy? I've obviously been reading uh, your some interviews you've done, looking at your website and so on, and known your wines for many years. I think I started working with your wines in 2018. Um, so it's been a while and been following your work and, and your vintages. I know it's not so long. You started making wine way before that but I was you know late to come to your wines um, but you're talking about uh, joining the rebellion and being a rebellious winemaker and uh, would you tell me a little bit about your philosophy and the act of rebellious winemaking in today's modern uh, wine industry but the, my philosophy of uh, winemaking is simple philosophy mm -hmm. is uh, respect and observation to life uh, you know who was the first to talk about the biodynamic in the vines? Steiner? Mm, maybe the, 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 the everybody talked about the Steiner or think that it was Steiner, but the first one was the old Plinio. Ah. Old Plinio is a Greek man. Uh, he talked about the not the biodynamic, the biostatic. Mm. The most important thing when you arrive to, to a new place is be quiet, stay uh, only observation, stay in the same place during a whole cycle mm. and see, and see what happened without any intervention. And after that, you can make a little bit things, a little bit change, but never at the beginning. Mm. You need to stay there and observe. That's the idea. Mm. Simple like that. Yeah. Simple life is easier life. This is true. Not always fighting against nature. Never. Mm. Um, and how do you uh, work in the vineyard following these principles? Do you, um, and also specifically, I'm also a bit of a 
geek when it comes to winemaking practices. I'm always curious about do you open the soil or not? Do you work yes. with cover crops? Yes, do you, yes. How do you work? Um, just uh, we can you can geek out if you want because I'm always very curious. Okay, uh, all of you are invited to to visit me to see the the, the project, the, the cellar, the winery, the, the bodega, and to stay with us the, the time that you want. Besides, you are invited to maybe you want to come to help us to try to make much better wines. Mm, I would and, I would love uh, to during try. Our harvest <laughs> time is a super nice time. To, to share with us uh, mm. experience and to see the ambient. First of all, uh, I, I want to to talk about my team. I have a super nice team. This is the resistance team. That's the best team ever, mm. believe me. We are seven working together every day. Even my sister is who make the, the, the worst things. She makes the papers in the winery. It's the, the worst thing for me. I don't want to make papers. No, but it has I to be done. Yes, it is. It's necessary when you export uh, for us. It's, it's necessary to make paper. We export in 34 different countries. Mm. No, really. 33 and Spain, 34. But it's necessary to, to have a, a clever person making the papers. Sure. This is the most important. Talk about the first, about the, the team, and then to talk about the soil, to talk about the, the works that we make in the vines or something like that. No, uh, We keep a cover crop, as you mentioned, but only uh, seven, eight months a year. It's mm -hmm. not possible for us to keep it a cover crop uh, during uh, May, June, and July because it's high risky. Uh, when we keep the cover crop in May, could be arrived the frozen mm. and the vines could be frozen, mm. like last week. We lose uh, 50% of our grapes. Not, no. not, not grapes, because are not really grapes, the, the because I'm flowering. Yeah. But we, yes, the, 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 the bunch. I'm sorry. No, no, but it's nature. But uh, we can't do anything. I know. But you have to make money, and nature doesn't no, care but about but <laughs> but uh, we only we can talk about uh, the, the wrong things that we do. Mm. But uh, nature is nature. We can uh, be uh, sorry about that. It's a, it's a normal cycle for us. We we lose three each ten years. Mm. It's a normal for us. And the next uh, vintage then will be very concentrated and beautiful. Mm, hopefully, hopefully. <laughs> but it depends how was the the complete cycle yeah. of the vines. At the beginning it was dry, dry, completely dry winter. Mm. Not rain, I no heard snow. It same in France. Uh, completely dry beginning of the spring. Dry and super calid, super hot, super warm beginning of spring because we had uh, 35 degrees in end of April. Second week of <laughs> April, the start high temperature. Mm. The, the vines start flowering very, very soon. Normally in our place, start to flowering mm, between 3 to 8 of May, not mm. before, never before because uh, it's a cold place, high altitude means the last risk of frozen is the 40th of May. We say that 40th of May, 9 of June. Mm. Uh, 9 of June is the last risk of frozen. Mm. Even in the the, the year 2000, the 39 of May. This does mean 8 of June. Mm -hmm. When my son 
eh, Born, mm. Snow. snow. It's worse than Norway. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. This is a high place, risky place, mm. with many difficulties, but every kind of difficult means more aromas, more flavor, more mm. taste on the palate. When you grow uh, level C, not always, but mostly have uh, the same uh, arms or the same uh, flavor or the same longer in both, mouth. But uh, in this case, has more complexity mm. for me. I agree. I always uh, I I do a lot of wine courses and classes, and I try to explain what uh, high altitude and colder climates will do to wine. And in Norway, we have uh, very famous Norwegian strawberries because it's so cold. So the strawberries, they take forever to become mm. ripe. But when you come back later in the summer to go to Elbrutus, we will have Norwegian strawberries and they are the best strawberries in the world. And the same. You have the yeah, best grapes in the world. No, one of them. But not the best. The best, uh, I have a super good friends that make much better wine than me. They are super good uh, winemakers and super good uh, vignon. He's very humble. He has great wines. You just, listener, go get his wines and uh, drink them because they're the best in the world. Mm. The best in Spain. The best no, in Spain. No, 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 no. no, no. It's no. not possible to say that. Okay. No, no, no. I'm not going to push you. One of the thousand best. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, this sounds like the story I've been hearing from France the last few years that you have a very warm beginning of spring and then a cold snap that just destroys yes. everything. Yes. But not at the beginning of the flowering, because this year we get the frozen mm. the vines uh, a week ago. The vines has like 40 centimeters, the baguette. Mm. When you see the vines start to cry alone, mm. it's to say, wow, what happened here? In a night, in a couple hours, destroy all the work in <sighs> a year. But anything happened, it's nature. It's still hard it must be hard it's hard to to understand at the beginning when you are starting mm. but i'm 52 years old i i saw many times this is did you always know you wanted to become a winemaker i know you've studied enology so i start in uh, studying enology mm. but i don't want to finish because they are uh, so many wrong things for me. Same with me and my sommelier education. Right. <laughs> and I prefer mm, be uh, autodidact. Mm -hmm. Yes, me too. And make wine in everywhere to try to learn about the how is the method to, to make much better wines, more healthy wines, more clean wines, more probiotic wines. That's the idea. But when you were a child growing up in a winemaking family, did you know that this was what you wanted to do? Or did you think maybe you want to, I don't know, do something else, become a musician? I know you're very interested in music uh, or something else. Yes, but my synod, my... I think that my ikigai, like Japanese say, is make wine and sell wine around the world. Mm. And... I born in the vines. I born in the harvest time. Mm. I born in in the best season for us for winemakers, and was my my sign mm. make wine for open the the doors around the world. Mm. Your fate. Yes. Mm. 
What about your children? Are they interested in continuing your work or are they still... Um, I mean, now when your style of winemaking is cool, they must be thinking, oh, this is kind of cool. Or is it more like, oh, no, this farmer stuff, I don't want to do this. Uh, the, the small one is working like sous chef in a um, famous uh, hotel chain in, in, in Spain, but it's ah. a famous chain around the world, mm. Four Seasons. Very chef. famous. Yes, sous chef in Madrid. Amazing. Wow. Uh, I mean, he's uh, very passionate about the food, the wine too, but not to produce wine, not to make wine. Mm. He's very passionate about wine, but in the other side, mm-hmm. after bottling wine. Mm. And my tallest son, my grandson, is um, he's living in, in London. He Now he's thinking to back again to Spain, but he's completely loose. He's 25 years old. He's trying to make many different things. He uh, has a music group, music. He's trap music. Ah, hmm. Not uh, my preferred style of music, but it's okay. <laughs> I, can, I can listen. I can listen. No, I feel the same way. But uh, but I feel like uh, making music, whatever it is, it's good. And if it's not our style of music, then okay. But he's living his own life. Mm-hmm. I respect them, but I always I try to push very slowly. Please come to see what to do here. What we do here, what uh, we have here, he mm. knows. But uh, when he was young, he w- he need to help us, and maybe it's a little bit uh, confused about the work in the vines. Yeah. Um, because for a young people, for a young guy, is hard work. Uh, hard work, uh, work in the vines. Yeah, manual labor. Uh, well, if he's interested in rap music, have you in, does he know about uh, Clovis and Action Bronson? And maybe that will be cool. And then he can oh, they they like this stuff. So maybe yes, uh, I was invited in a in a in Action Bronson show. Yeah, in 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 the states, and my son sees on the in the, in the TV. See, Papa, I saw you in the TV with Action Bronson. <laughs> it's true. Yes, why not? Why don't you say me if I can go with you to the States to, to stay with Action Bronson? Okay, I was smoking a joint, drinking wine, singing in, in life. Yeah, it was yeah. amazing show. Wow, Papa, nice. Yes, nice. He's, he thinks yeah. you're cool now. Yeah. This is the way in, maybe. Yes, Clovis was it. just, he's a friend of uh, my husband and the team who are importing some of the wine here, Mousy Wine. And so he was just in Oslo. and Matthias? Uh, Matthias, yeah. Matthias is a colleague. Dardo? Dardo. He's not my husband, but he's no, a no, very no, good friend. <laughs> he's been on he the... Was po- he partner, was partner, uh, no? He was partner in the Brutus at the beginning. Is, yeah, ah, he's he, partner still, in he's Brutus partnered. still. And now he also works with the wine importing. And he's making cider, but with the uh, natural wine approach to making yes. cider. We met uh, last year in mm-hmm. French, in La, in La, in La Dive. Well, yeah. yeah, of course. Matthias is one of the people who we ju- started the podcast. Well, I it's still my project, but uh, in the beginning, Corona, not many people around. It was just me and him doing the podcast together. I don't know if, if Matthias uh, uh, listened this uh, program or not, but uh, please, if he did, uh, did not uh, listen the program, could you say hello and share from, from me, please? I will say hello. I met him yesterday. 
and uh, he's he's just about to have another baby. So mm. he's uh, a bit uh, stressed at the moment. But Mathias, if you hear it, du må komma tillbaka på podden. Ismail säger hallo och um, vi måste göra en episode igen snart. Det är länge sedan. Ja. Okej. Hope to see you someday in, in my place, Mathias. Yes. Um, Mathias is a great guy, and uh, I probably will see him even less now when he's gonna have another baby. That's life. That's life. But yeah, funny. Of I, course, I, you know Matthias. I can that understand. Makes sense. I can understand that uh, Norwegian people want to have babies because it's a no so big country. It's only five point two, five point three million inhabitants. But when you visit India, mm. maybe you think a different way. I've been to India five times. I love India. Me too. But uh, yeah, it's intense. A lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> it's the biggest country now in the world. Mm. Why did you go to India? Uh, only to to learn mm. about the life. Where did you go? You've been uh, I've been in always the three times that I've been there. Always I was in Rajasthan. Yes. In Bomba- Mumbai, Rajasthan. Mm. I love uh, all of Rajasthan, really. Mm. Uh, I haven't explored so much. I wanted to go to Pondicherry all the times I've been there, but I haven't. But I've been also quite a lot of north, like uh, Rishikesh, Varanasi, and then traveling down uh, through Delhi, of course. And then also the Andaman Islands. Have you been to the Andaman? No, never. Oh, it's, be- it's paradise. I know. When I've been in India, everybody knows that. but uh, It's just hard to get there because you need a special visa. So you have to go to... I can't remember the port. But it's like uh, limbo for all the tourists because you have to go there and you have to wait for a visa and it's horrible. This is a really bad place to stay and it will take a week, two weeks. You know, India it takes forever. So you have to stay mm. there. But then once you, once you get the visa, you can go to Andaman. But then you have to renew your visa every six weeks. So if you want to... And I know tourists are living on Andaman, but uh, they sometimes illegally or they have to go get a new visa and go back and get a new visa because it's uh, all the the wildlife on Andaman. It's a uh, home for so many birds that are not anywhere else in the world. Um, it's a sanctuary. Yeah, it's beautiful, beautiful and rustic. You know, you, you rent a bike for, you know, less than a euro per day and you cycle. There's no cars. Um, yeah, it's beautiful. But this is not a podcast about the Andaman Islands, so we should <laughs> keep talking about wine. <laughs> but this is my podcast. It's always, um, we end up talking about other things, which is nice. Shall we explore one of your other wines as well and discuss a little bit? I actually wrote about this uh, in the newspaper I'm working for because uh, I was wanted to present some wines that are quite few of in Norway to be like a more uh, exclusive go right now by this wine because it will soon uh, go away. Should we discuss this or would you prefer to start with the Goya no, Camino? Uh, I think that this must better start with this, Goya yeah. Caminos, and then we, we uh, follow with the Circunstancial. Goya Camino is also, I will say, maybe your most famous wine in Norway. I think everybody has seen this, this label. And this the is the, the view, the skyline of my village. This is the church and the, the, the winery that's mm-hmm. here in the uh, old monastery mm. and the, 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 the view of the village. Who makes your labels? I work with five different uh, designers. Mm. But really the label is this. 
have a look. Now you are going to understand much better. In the back. Yeah. We're the looking, back. All, the listeners that can't see, we're looking at the back of the... It's black on the, on the, back, uh, on the back. On the bottom, yes. On the bottom of the label. With the I I legal information, and mm -hmm. then uh, the name of the wine with uh, some small sentence mm -hmm. to explain why the wine is like that. Yes. And the other, the, the front label is not a, the real label, is art that we put in the in the bottle. But this is all in Spanish. Yes. You need to translate. We don't want to sulfitos, know. okay, great. Uh, no sulfites, but then something, something, something. That, uh, n n without sulfite at, but the law of Lee, of Lee, how, how do you say? Uh, me obliga. Uh, that has what well, uh, it's not added, but that has occurred naturally. Is that what you want to no. say? Uh, without sulfate add, mm. but the law uh, need that I put contain sulfate in the label. Ah yes. But I put contain sulfate because you ovli ovli me. Yes. Uh, to to, to add, I I I have to. I'm sorry for my bad English. It's okay. I need to write contain sulfate, but I don't add sulfate. Yes, I understand. Contain sulfites non-added, I've seen yes. American uh, winemakers write. Uh, speaking of Matthias and uh, cider, they don't add sulfites, uh, but they are so small, they cannot afford a lab test because it's expensive. And uh, before putting all their... Um, yeah, I'm doing this on the record because it's shitty. Before putting all their ciders at the wine monopoly, uh, they didn't know how much sulfites it would be because they can't afford a lab test. Probably maybe over 10 milligram, but who knows. So they had to go and put a small sticker on every single bottle. It took forever because they had to write contain sulfites. Because, but it's not added. It's ridiculous. Yeah. A fanculo. Esperanto. You can speak any language. Do you want to drink your wine? <laughs> it's stuck. Help. Can I help you? Yes. Good thing we got a strong Spanish man here who can help me open a wine bottle. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> Fantastic. Okay. Corre Camino. So is this very Corre Camino means road runner. Did yes. you see the, the, ne the other name, no? In, uh, in Norwegian, we call him Bippestankelbein. It's the little beep beep that runs around from mm. the wolf. Why this name? Correcaminos, because it's, mm, I think that this is the only one wine that I produce that uh, we sell in, in the in whole of the countries that we work, mm. in the 34 countries. Because it's a big amount. It's around 8,000 bottles a year. It's, for us, it's a big amount. Yes. The most of the wine that we make is less than 1,000 bottles. And in this case, it's one of my more common wines. Mm. More simple, not simple, more daily wine. It's definitely darker than it has been before. How is it just a slow press or is there some skin maceration? No, it's not a skin maceration. It has a direct press with a distem. Mm. And uh, we look for an hyperoxidation. When uh, the juice is hyperoxidation, mm. means that uh, the mercaptan was oxidated and never is going to be oxidated after fermentation. Mm. It's a more stable wine. But you sacrifice the color. 
you sacrifice, you lose the color, but uh, I never seen any any people, any anybody drinking the wine by, the, by his eyes. True. This is true. Well, except except fancy sommeliers. But and uh, you maybe could you could you smell like a maceration, like a skin contact, but it's not a really maceration because mm. it's just maceration. It stayed two or three days at low temperature before it start to fermentation. Mm. After pressing the whole cluster, uh, whole cluster, the, the the whole juice without rackets, we keep two or three days, depending on the year, depending on the hurry to harvest. Low temperature between three to five degrees to make a maceration mm. without the skin. Eh? This is verdejo, hundred percent. Hundred percent. Hundred percent verdejo. This uh, it definitely smells a little bit of skin maceration. Eh? Yes. It has that uh, textured smell. But yeah, not so much in the mouthfeel. Just super, super fresh. Mm. I'm focusing the freshness in the wines, no? because when the, the wine has m the really freshness, clean the mouth and invite you to drink more. Mm. But the, the wine is calid, it has more alcohol. Maybe with a glass, it's more than enough to, for, for the lunch. You need to... Oh, wow, 13. But I couldn't taste that, though. No, you can taste the, the alcohol because it has a super nice balance and the, 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 the pH is very low. It's mm. around 3 points. 3.1, 3.15, the pH is very low. Have you had any trouble with mouthiness in this wine because of the pH? No. With low pH means more uh, more stable wines, very mm. low risk uh, to be mouthy. Oh yes, I'm the opposite, of course. I always think low pH means low acid, but it's not. It's the opposite. Mm. Yeah. Because I've had this discussion with some other winemakers because obviously with the climate change and the heat and increasing heat, we're seeing more problems with mustness and then sometimes increased sulfite use. But that can sometimes just make the problem worse, as I've understood it as well. So a tricky one. <laughs> mm. um, cheers again. Thanks for inviting me again. Thank you for coming to the podcast you have such a busy schedule as well i've heard i don't know if you know what you're doing but you are you are running around you're a Camino today yes <laughs> did you did you read uh, in in latin the name of uh, the wine is just in the bottom oh uh accelerati incredibilis <laughs> that's very funny <laughs> that's very looney tunes kind of humor yeah <laughs> <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Accelerati incredibilus. Um, Verdejo, you, you have been called the magician of Verdejo, this grape. Um, tell me a little bit about this grape. And obviously, you've the vines have been in your family for so long, but um, you also choose to work with it uh, in so many ways. What is it about this grape that you think is fascinating? And how do you, how do you work with this grape? Are very rustic, very adapt to this place. Uh, uh, high temperature in summer, low temperature in winter, uh, very low uh, rain, and b small bunches, small resin, mm. small, small berries, mm. around 80, 90 grams per resin. Mm. It's nothing. Very low rendiment, um, but it's very fresh. 
is super nice divines the 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 the, the is very how do you say is very grateful mm. because uh, as much as you do divines are more more and more and more and more healthy and every day as more younger mm. after work many 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 generation many times in, in the same way divines start to feel like involution mm. every year are younger mm. we know that are older for the age of the, in, in the papers but uh, when you see the vines a big trunk like a trees and, and a big uh, vegetation a uh, super nice flowering smell fantastic dur during the the, the 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 week of flowering mm. it's amazing 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 it's, i'm completely in love mm. with these grapes how is the skin texture of the Verdejo? it's very very thick yeah because uh, one of the most important things that uh, we not we ne we need to know is which kind of soil we have mm -hmm. we have four different type of soils basically sand is a, a silice sand but we have three different ori origins that uh, this sun mm -hmm. the f the the first one is a uh, Sweet sun, mm -hmm. because comes from uh, a very old ancient river from the ancient Pangea, when all the continents were together, uh, around four hundred eight thousand millions years ago, long, 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 long time ago. Uh, more recently, hundred eighty thousand years ago we was in the ancient coast of the mm, Mar de Tetis mm. Tetis Sea that means that we have the second origin of the sun is salty sun mm, maybe not it's not any anyone here that comes from this place uh, we can feel the salty notes in the palate in some of my wines for that mm. we have another third origin of the sun is windy Sun, because it was uh, come from mm, wind uh, roll with the wind. Mm -hmm. We was in an in an old uh, desert. Was the, nat the natural border who invite to the phylloxera insect coming. Mm. It's five million years ago. It's recently. That's the 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 kind of, su of sun we have a uh, clay. In the soils, we have a uh, slate, and we have uh, grapes, mm. gravel. Gravel, yeah. That's the the different type of soils. But basically, the sixty percent of our vines are planted in in sun. Is a long introduction to say why is thick the skin, mm. because um, when the wind spray the the dust, the the, the um, the desk of the sun mm. uh, is a small glass of silice. Make a small cut in the in the skin, and the skin. Um, how do you say cicatriza? When you make a, a cut. Oh yeah, scar tissue. Scar tissue. Mm. Okay, and it's thicker. Yeah. A small, a small, a small uh, cut, mm. but many, many, many times for, uh, for the, with the wind mm. in, the, in the skin, mm. and it's um, 
hygroscopic and is thick of the water, it's yeah. very mm, healthy, it's, it's very unusual that uh, the, the, the fungi, the champignon, come mm -hmm. in our vines. But uh, for the rest of the neighbor, they need to spray many, many, many things. That never like, um, take a seed, never uh, do like uh, old Plinio. Yeah, yeah. Take a seed, w wait during the whole cycle and see what happened if you don't don't do anything mm. in the vine no mm. what happened how uh, take care themselves yeah they will protect themselves naturally yes. mm. yeah that's so interesting with the sand i didn't know mm. that's what the sand so you have the dejo which are obviously your older inherited plants have you planted something uh, yourself in yes the we planted for Woo, what a cliffhanger. If you want to hear what Ismail has planted, as well as the rest of our conversation, you need to become an ACAS Plus subscriber to hear the whole conversation and get access to all the other bonus material and my full archive from the podcast. Check out the link in the show notes or hit shows.acast.com slash Sant. Thank you very much for supporting the podcast. Som alltid, tusen takk til mine fantastiske gjester. Tusen takk til Marius Vabo som har laget logoen til podcasten og Hans Andreas Låke som har laget musikken. Har du lyst til å lære enda mer om naturvinn? Hvis du blir medlem og betaler 30 kroner i måneden så får du tilgang til alt bonusmaterialet. Lær mer på shows.acast.com slash lisevinsant.